everyone. This is Catherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 267. And tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 188, listener questions, and we're also going to talk about the Welcome to Night Vale live stream, All Hail. All Hail! <laughs> but before we get into that, of course, we've got to do the weekly sit wrap. I just got, this is Elizabeth, by the way, um, I had somebody actually tell me that they had trouble telling the difference between our voices sometimes. This is Elizabeth speaking, and I just got my second vaccine shot. How you feeling? Yeah. Fine. I'm a little tired, but I was telling you before the podcast, I have a friend who's going through a rough patch, and I was talking to him on the IM yesterday, and I said, oh, how can I help? And he said, well, you can give me an excuse to go to the bar down the street. And so because I'm a good friend, I did, but we were there for <laughs> a long time. So I might just be tired because of that. Okay. But, um, yeah. That that my arm definitely hurts. It hurts a lot more than a flu shot. I've definitely noticed that. Yeah, it didn't. At first, I noticed with my vaccine, the it was just a shot, but my arm definitely did get a lot more sore. Although yeah. I had Pfizer and you had Moderna, so yeah. Yeah. we will be comparing notes to see how the uh, the flu like symptoms, the achiness, how that develops oh, yeah. with that. Oh, yeah, so remains to be seen. I did buy some Gatorade and. Uh, I've got Tylenol in the cabinet in case I need it. So, um, you know, my boss has already said, if you need to take time off tomorrow, you should. And I'm like, maybe I will just because I can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, in North Carolina, they have opened up regulations now. And I don't think it's mandatory anymore to wear masks indoors. But I think oh, no. a lot of individual stores are still, because their employees have to, or maybe they just haven't taken the signs down. I don't know. But Nathan and I went into Raleigh yesterday and we went to the Crabtree Valley Mall and everybody had a mask on. It was actually oh, okay, kind good. of nice to see because I thought for sure people would be like standing out in the parking lots around a bonfire of masks the way some people fuss about it. But maybe yeah, maybe those folks are in the minority. But anyway, it was it was very nice to get out and about. I did go to Rock and Roll Tattoo and got my um, piercings redone because so, oh, nice. they had closed up a little bit. So that was, um, they were nice. I like them very much. Good, good. Yeah, they just announced today that California is going to keep a mask mandate until June 15th, mm-hmm. is what they're saying. I did notice that um, I think the world, not the world, it's the national vaccine percentage tracker on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So we're at like 35% there. California is apparently at 48%. Wow. Good. Okay. Um, good for you guys. Jada says, I don't think Georgia's hit 25%. So it's kind of peaked there. I haven't yeah. even checked North Carolina yet. Um, yeah, it does seem like the tracker on Twitter has slowed way the heck down. I mean, yeah. we're maybe yeah. getting 0.4 of a percent more every single day, but it is still climbing. So it is. hold and on to hope there. I was part of the very last group before you got to kids that was eligible for the vaccine. Now I've had mine, and there's a two-week delay between you know when somebody gets their final vaccine and it shows up on the counter. So in two weeks from now, I hope there's a spike. That would be really nice. That would be lovely. But everybody mm-hmm. seems to be doing pretty good right now. Mom and dad are okay. Mm-hmm. Hannah's okay. Mm-hmm. We're all mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm just like ready to go traveling at some point. I want to go to Florida. I, I want to go to California. California, then we'll probably be going to Florida again. Yeah, yeah. For crying out loud, I want to go to the hardware store down the street. <laughs> so, I, don't, I don't need that much. Dream big. Yeah, that's right. I know how to party, but I don't know. Yeah, everything else seems to be okay. Keep your fingers crossed. Things are looking pretty good. Um, just trying to be careful as long as possible because we really don't want to have a spike now. That would suck. 
So on that note, let's just jump right into Night Vale. Let's talk about the live show first, because I really, I had so much fun. And I think most of why I had fun, obviously, the actors are great, the story's fun, and I don't think I had ever seen that live show originally, but it was the chat window that I had so much fun. It was. Everybody was having a great time. Now, first of all, everyone had to talk about the fact that the first thing that you type into the chat window becomes mm-hmm. your name. It is not mm-hmm. the first sentence. So there were so many people whose name was, hi, everyone. And that was, yep, there. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but then every time somebody, because this is all about the glow cloud, and every time the glow cloud shows up, everybody's got to go all hail. So the chat window, anytime someone said all hail, the whole chat window would just fill up with people going, all hail! Yes. And then Cecil was trying to communicate with the glow cloud which was floating over the radio station and causing lots of problems and he thought maybe we hadn't all hailed properly so there was this whole chant and he had everybody repeat after him so everybody was repeating after him and I was like damn it I'm gonna go ahead and type everything that he says and at some point it said that there was a delay and there will be a moment before any of this will show I'm like we killed the chat we totally killed the chat at one point I realized that the chat like right towards the end the chat was actually about 30 to 45 seconds ahead of where I was because I just it had slowed down my feed so bad that it was like <laughs> all right so uh, but it just everybody just had the best time and the stories were fun Tamika Flynn was there it's another thing every time Steve Carlsberg starts shows up every time Tamika Flynn shows up the whole chat window Tamika Steve! <laughs> and Steve just gets so creepy in every one of these live shows doesn't he I mean he's he so does. nice and so so pleasant and then he will start talking and it gets doom and gloom and meanwhile Cecil's eyes are getting wider and wider at all of this. <laughs> Cecil is always acting. He is always just completely focused on what's going on and Disparition is amazing as always. And Deb just, the Sentient oh. Patch of Haze was there with her sister and Meg Bashwinner did both voices which oh, I really appreciated. That was a wonderful. But that must have been such a fun show to go to live because part of the chant that Cecil would have everybody do, he would tell everybody, now make the special sign, which you all know. And you just have to imagine what the audience was like trying to do to say that like, oh yeah, sure, I've got the special sign. I think Cecil's ended up being some kind of like karate chop at the air thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was a good time. And that's totally up for the next month. And I think with fees, it's like $6.50. Completely worth it. I mean, just go and get a ticket and then just read through the chat window. It's great. <laughs> so moving right along, the episode today, I... So we get a different intro. It's not Cecil giving us the intro. It's Joseph Fink. And the music seems a little odd, like there's an echo there and sort of a Mm -hmm. distortion going on. But Joseph says that they couldn't do the episode that they had planned because of unforeseen circumstances. So what they were going to do was answer some listener questions. And he opens the first email, and it's from Lucy. And she asks, why are you pretending that you wrote this? 
And her email is just, Night Vale is a real thing. You guys didn't create this, which kind of freaks Joseph out. Yeah. And you know what? Up until that point, I totally bought what he was selling. I was just like, oh, yeah, they, you know, the things happen with podcasts and they're just going to answer some questions. That'll be fine. And then he reads that aloud. I'm like, oh, wait, never mind. No, this is a story. Okay, that's fine. So he gets freaked out enough to actually call her and mm-hmm. she answers. And in their discussion, it comes out that she's been listening to Night Vale Radio for decades. And how old is Night Vale at this point for real? It came out in 2012. So it's not even a decade at this point. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So obviously this bugs Joseph a lot, especially since she hangs up on him without providing much more of an explanation other than it isn't a set radio station. She'll just be listening to something and they'll be static and then suddenly it's Cecil. (laughs) So he decides he's going to call Cecil to try and see if Cecil's got any ideas. Um, And he gets Cecil, you know, Cecil Baldwin, the Mm -hmm. actor is who he's calling. And he gets a voicemail where Cecil basically says, yeah, I don't listen to my messages, but you can leave one if you want, you know, just a a typical like actor Cecil voice type of mail. Um, And I don't know, Joseph decides that he's not really going to leave a message. He goes and calls Jeffrey instead. Jeffrey Craner. Yeah. And Jeffrey says, oh, yeah, we get weird emails all the time. You probably better not answer it. And he was like, I already called her. And there's Jeffrey's got stuff going on in the background. I think he's got his cat is causing Mm -hmm. problems. So he ends up having to sign off. And Joseph is checking on the website for or like doing Google searches on Night Vale. And it's pulling up real town stuff like a Yelp review for the Moonlight Diner, which Mm -hmm, talks mm -hmm. about the invisible pie. You should try the invisible pie. It's a totally empty plate. And also it's delicious. And then he also goes to the official Welcome to Night Vale website. But it's not a Welcome to Night Vale website anymore. It's for a Burger King in Ohio. He's like, (laughs) "Um, I guess we were hacked. I'm sure that's a thing. Burger King's hack people's websites? Maybe? I don't know. But um, he uh, he calls Cecil again. And Cecil is still not there. But this time, the voicemail message didn't sound like Cecil Baldwin. It sounded like Cecil Palmer. Mm-hmm. It was a different message this time, more of the cheerful, happy, in the face of crazy situations, Cecil saying, you know, I don't listen to my messages, but you can leave one anyway. And- <laughs> Which Joseph doesn't comment on that one. He's just all like, oh, okay, let's go on to the next thing. So he calls up Jeffrey Craner again, and Jeffrey Craner says that he's been doing some research and he's found out what happened. Night Vale is real. It didn't always used to be real up until today, and now it's always been real. Yeah, yeah, and... Jeffrey seems to be okay with all of that. I mean, Joseph's the one who's definitely freaking out, but Jeffrey's just like, it's simultaneously really confusing and really simple. It was never real before, and now it's always been real. (laughs) Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. So Joseph decides that's it. He's going to go to drive to see Cecil. He's that Mm -hmm. freaked out. It's going to take him a couple hours. But meanwhile, here's some music that I like. Yep, and so we had quote-unquote, the weather, which was not referred to the weather this time at all. Um, it was called Hey by Standpoint. Rap, hip-hop, kind of. Yeah, it was fine. Nah, it, was, it was nice. I can see him liking that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then after the weather, we get to my favorite part of the episode. 
Oh, because he goes to Cecil's place. The reason why he had decided to drive there was he tried calling Cecil one more time, and this time he got the message that says, the number you have dialed is not in service, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, that's it. So he goes there, and you hear him walking because he'd gotten to Cecil's apartment, but it didn't look like anybody was home, and the door was open. So he walked inside. As soon as he gets inside, he's in the back hallway of what looks like a diner. Yeah, and it's just a regular diner with tile floor and bathrooms. And he goes out into the eating area, and there's a waitress who has branches growing out of her chest, which I'd forgotten that that was what the waitress looked like. And I need to do some fan art of that. Oh, yeah, because he said that doesn't sound like too out there in a thing, but you've imagined what it looks like when like skin suddenly becomes wood and branches. He's like, it's a lot to wrap your head around. (laughs) But then he's outside, and he's narrating what's happening. He's in Night Vale as he's walking around. It's the desert air. This, it, it's, what did he say? It smells like malt? Was, or no, that no, was when he got to the radio station. Right. That's right. He, he said he's, he's running outside and you can hear him panting as he's yeah. running along. And he's like, in the desert, it smells like honey and mud. <laughs> and a black helicopter suddenly flies over and you hear the helicopter flying over his head. And he also, he sees Big Rico's which he's like, I, I made that restaurant. I was one who came up with that name. And he sees inside the kitchen and there's a sign that says now serving wheat and wheat byproducts because that was a recent thing. But he looks inside, he's like, but that's, but that's not wheat. That's, oh, and he just seems so disturbed. And I immediately thought, oh, don't look in the kitchen and tourniquet then, man. I think you'd see a lot worse in I there. think so. Oh my God. Oh Some my of the God, descriptions yeah. of the food that you can get at tourniquet. Mm-hmm. No, my goodness. Passes by um, Carlos's lab. Carlos's lab, which is oh, looks like it has lots of it has lots of police tape crisscrossing the front of it, and like no curiosity allowed. I think, and a big yeah. neon sign with a scientist that's like giving a high kick in the anim- neon sign animation. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. I don't know if that's just because in Night Vale the police are probably always freaked out about science, so Carlos is probably used to having to rip through police tape on his way into work. I'm not sure. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and yeah. he gets yeah. to the radio station, and it's chained shut. But the chains and the padlocks are all rusted, so he's able to pull them away. And he goes into the station, and it's completely empty. Mm -hmm. And he is walking down the hallway and he sees the door to station management and he's like, I'm not, I'm not going to go in there. But he's like, the door's warm. Actually, the door's hot. Ow! (laughs) (laughs) And he's walking down. It's like, it's been abandoned for centuries. It just looks so old. Like, there's just nothing going on there. And he keeps at one point, he he says something, I guess that's Yes, it's all for listener questions. Thanks for writing in. Sorry I didn't get to more of them. Uh, maybe I'll do one more. Uh, Martin asked, what was uh, the most fun episode to make? And it was, and he makes this kind of like sound like, what was that? You know, he just he sees <laughs> something in there and there's this silence. I'm going, what was that? What was that? Oh my God. And he said, he, as freaked out as he is, he did answer the question. One of his favorite episodes to write was the one, uh, episode 67, Best Of. And wasn't that the one with the Fidelipak cartridge? I can't remember. It's oh, been so boy. long. Yeah, yeah, I need to check that because that was one of my favorites too. Oh yeah, definitely. He also lists um, number 
71, the registry of middle school crushes, which I haven't listened to in a long while, but he said that one was fun to write. But he, he's looking around at one point, he's just kind of talking to himself and he's like, okay, there's nothing behind me because nothing looks like that. And I was like, yeah, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then he starts hearing something and it's Cecil's voice and Cecil is obviously just finishing a Night Vale episode. And he does his final line, and then he says, Good night, Night Vale. And then his voice, which before was a little muffled by distance, on this yeah. last bit, it becomes crystal clear. Good night. And that's <laughs> it. That's the end of the episode. Oh, it was, I like, I wasn't sure at the very beginning of it. I don't know. I, I thought, oh, sure, fine. This is clever. That's all right. I don't know. I like to have a Cecil-centric episode. I'm sure a Joseph episode will be fine. But it was really well done. Yeah. I really liked it. And yeah. I read the director's notes that the Patreons get, and he talks about the process for writing that. And I think at one point he was actually running around his backyard to get that breathless, I'm running through Nightville bit, which is a totally great image. Like you guys oh, definitely yeah. need to sign up to be a Patreon to read some of these director's notes because they're awesome yeah they what the one from was it the one from last week or the one from the week before was like a particularly good one yeah it was the clever uh, turns of phrases yeah it was the uh, the tower of babel one the uh, oh that's yeah, right oh god that was that was great yes do sign yeah. up for that yeah that's very good so that's it for night vale for the week um moving on to other things i have been trying to finish up the last season of legion mm-hmm which I have enjoyed, but it's so funny how, I don't know why, I'll like watch a half an episode and then step away from it for a week. So I don't know that that says much to about how compelling it is, but I always like it. But season three, episode four, they play around with time. And it is next to the dance number that we had in the first episode. Mm-hmm. I think what they do in this episode is probably my favorite of the entire series. Oh, Just wow. How they, now, it's not like playing around necessarily with cause and effect the way Doctor Who does. Mm-hmm. It's something about how time would be changed by creatures that know how to change time for malicious reasons. Mm. I mean, it's just, it's really intensely creepy, really wonderfully well done. So I'd almost suggest, like, if anybody's ever given up on watching Legion, if you just want a fun episode, just go ahead and just watch that one episode. Because I I think it'd probably be better if you knew the characters involved, because there's some tragic stuff that happens that probably wouldn't mean as much if you didn't know them. But God, I just love what they do with time. It's so cool. (laughs) Well, that reminds me, in the live show, they actually had, I think it was Jeffrey Craner, who um, was played the intern. He played an intern that was not freaked out by the fact that the interns at the Night Vale Radio usually die, because he figured out how to go back in time to change things to make for a better outcome. And I didn't realize what had happened until you pointed it out, that he says, all right, I'm going to go back in time to make it either so that he would never be an intern or that he would just never exist. And he said, I'm going in three, two, one, blip, and he disappears. Not the screen doesn't go dark. He's sitting in a little office area and he vanishes out of the picture. And you said what that was. Yeah, that's what you do is you 
you get a screen cap, like whatever you're sitting in front of, you get a very careful screen cap of that background with you not in it. And then you just, you can click a button to change the picture instead of your own video feed. It's just the picture of that thing. So you disappeared. The two things, I've seen that done before. There was a, a guy that we have lunch with every once in a while on Zoom. And what he's done is he did that, except he got a video of himself just sitting, looking kind of like interested. And all you have to do is click a button over and it's like you're still watching the screen because it's just a video <laughs> that you got of you. And I'm just like, that's freaking brilliant. That's man. And wonderful. then, of course, you make that into your background image, but then you come forward into it. And it's like you're appearing out of yourself. It's friggin creepy. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Legion for me. I'm almost done. I think I have like three more episodes. It's taken me a while to watch this. Like I said, I'm not sure if that says much for its recommendability, but I, I have liked it. I think it's very good. It's probably just the pandemic. That's probably why I can't focus. I was talking with mom about this. Both of us have been having trouble finishing books recently. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. love to read and yet somehow just focusing is so hard. Yeah, it is. It is. <sighs> Hopefully that gets better. So you, before me, you started watching Love, Death and Robots Volume 2. Yes, indeed. I had to start with Pop Squad because I love that author. Uh, Paolo Bassia Galupe, I think is how uh-huh. his name is pronounced. Apologies uh-huh. if I'm getting that wrong. And yeah, I thought that was an excellent adaptation of the original Good. short story. So, And Good. I even liked the animation. I mean, it was... It was photorealistic, and yet in that way that's morphed just enough that you dodge the uncanny valley, I think. Yeah, yeah, they did a good job. And it's such a, it's like the whole idea of dystopian worlds where there's overpopulation and everything. I mean, I remember reading a Larry Niven story, and it's one of the police officers, and he's talking about back when the Earth had a population problem. And that's when they started the birthright lotteries, where you can have babies if you win this lottery, Mm because they can't let everybody do it. And he talked, he made some comment at one point about when he was a police officer then and working on the the mother hunt squads and how distasteful that was. And that's kind of what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. they even changed the ending of this story a little bit to add on a bit at the ending, but I think that works because I don't know, because I liked the original ending, but I don't know if it would have worked visually because you don't get to hear the main character's monologue in all of that. But I feel we'll go into a lot more detail about Love, Death, and Robots Volume 2 because we really want to talk with Hannah about this because I know she watched all of Volume 1 and we had lots of stuff to say about that. Yes, yes. Yeah, I started... um, Snow in the Desert was the next oh, one. Oh, okay, started. cool. So yeah, it's I like the animation style. It's really it's very interesting. I don't know where the story's going yet. It's kind of I don't know. It seems to be some type of vigilante hunter sort of person walking through the deserts of this alien world, and people are after him for one reason or another. But I've really got into five minutes of it. I started it after I got home from hanging out at the bar with Wade last night. I was like, nope, can't focus right now. We need to <laughs> save this for later. So, well, we've yeah. actually watched two more since the other Ooh, day. We nice. watched Life Hutch, which is the one based on a short story by Harlan Ellison. I mm-hmm. also think that was an excellent adaptation of a short story. And then we watched Ice, which is the one done by the guy that did uh, Pear Cider and Cigarettes. Yes. How was that? It was a much simpler storyline. It does not compare with Zima Blue. However, the imagery is amazing. Nice. Well, if that's one thing that he can do so well. So well. 
We got to put that onto our watch list for the watch party at some point. Do you think just, mom you know, and dad I'm, would like that or would it just be more Hannah? No, I think it'd be more Hannah. Okay. I really think it'd be, you know, you and Nathan and Hannah and me watching that. We have like, we have a watch party list for everybody. And then we have a watch party list of, uh, I don't think mom and dad would really necessarily like these. So they, uh, yeah, I haven't seen that since it was in the theater. Me I neither. Did. Oh, I want to watch it again. Yeah. Please. And I think it's well, available for rent on Amazon Prime. So got to watch that. Nice. Very nice. So anything else? Yeah. I have watched the first two episodes of the final season of BoJack Horseman. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. So, oh man. Of course, the first one starts with Bojack in, uh, he's in rehab, and he's obviously not liking it, and then something happens, and it all turns around, and he starts actively participating in rehab, and I can't remember what the... Uh, what was the catalyst for him suddenly liking it? I don't know. Honestly, it's been a while since a while. It's been like a month since I watched it. I don't remember. <laughs> I need to check it out. Did you get to that one girl that he was trying to help? Yeah, yeah, that she was she was in rehab multiple times and she was complaining about the fact that her dad has remarried and they have a new baby and it's like she's been replaced and all her boyfriend has decided i guess to dump her via text something Mm -hmm. like that and so she crashes out of rehab and bojack comes after her and in the course of all of these adventures they get to her dad's house and it turns out it's not the dad's baby. It's her baby that her dad is raising. And he's talking yeah. about, I just don't know what to do with her. We've, I feel like I've failed. I've, we've tried everything. Like, so oh. once again, what everybody is saying somebody is like turns out to be completely wrong. Yeah, yeah. And isn't that when Bojack comes back and decides to just stay in rehab a little bit longer? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. He's, he, I think he's figured out that he needs it a little bit more because, you yeah. know, he was still, he was so ready to accept her story and mm-hmm. to the point of causing destruction, crashing a party. I don't think he drank anything, but I think he got nope. really close. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but I just, uh, I, the the season ends up doing so many things. I can't even, we'll have to wait and talk about it when you finish watching it. I did remember, though, the, the one thing we hadn't talked about last season, of course, when he's going crazy on pills, he's hurt Gina, he's kind of has no idea where he is, and at the premiere party for his television show, they had had one of those giant inflatable balloons of Bojack, and it actually accidentally rips free. I want to say it was Diane who kicked over a sandbag. Oh, and yeah, let it, it, was, it was her, definitely. Yeah. And it just is kind of floating through town and creating havoc in various different ways. But then at the very end of the episode, Bojack, who has been just hallucinating all this crap, he sees this stairway and he walks up and stands up at the top of this platform, and all that you hear is the wind, and he looks up and there's the balloon just hanging over him just staring right down in his face and you get that for just a moment and then the episode ends such a fantastic image to end that episode on unbelievable just really really just the fact that they didn't even have any music you just heard the wind going at that point i was like that's just brilliant and and that was the second to last episode of the season Mm -hmm. which we're finding is the real power episode of each season i mean i think every season has one episode that we love for being freaking clever and mm-hmm. the final episode is usually very powerful but that second to last episode will have something that will just get you in the feels yeah 
it's going to happen in this season too. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I got to get a move on with that. I also watched the second episode and that was the one with um, Princess Carolyn trying to deal with being a mom. And I, Oh yeah. The imagery on that was pretty spectacular because everything she's doing, trying to raise this baby and do a full-time career and deal with, you know, clients that are also great, big demanding babies. Um, so she's just trying to deal with that. And there's these ghost images of her doing all this other stuff. And I couldn't figure out if it was stuff she had done or stuff that her brain is like, I got to do this. I got to do that. But, you know, all the images of her are also interacting with the scenery and tripping over things and running into each other. And in that final image, when she's, because she bonded with the baby with that weird rhyming thing that she yes! does. Yes, <laughs> I love that rhyming thing she does every time. I'm like, Amy Sedaris is a master at those things, man. I think your theory is spot on that that is the writers like like poking Amy Sedaris. Like, I bet you can't say this. I bet you can't do it like this. So she, she, she does nails it every, it every time. time. But, but every the time. baby thought that was hysterical. And so... Yep. In that final image, she's feeding the baby, and there are no images around her. And she had been Mm -hmm. so worried that she was never going to feel like this all-encompassing love for her baby. And, of course, it's so much more complicated than that. But for that moment, she has that focus on the baby. And I thought, oh, that was beautiful. Very sweet. I love the fact that it's a baby porcupine, Mm -hmm. which I can't even imagine. I mean, the girl, (laughs) it was a human woman who had the baby, but her boyfriend was a porcupine. So the baby's a porcupine. All I can think of is like, Ouch! <laughs> I, I have to. I have to imagine porcupines like they give birth to babies without spines. Maybe the spines come in afterwards. Yeah, or maybe they all face in the correct direction. Or I don't know. <laughs> oh, my, oh my god! A breech birth with a porcupine. Ah! Ow! Oh my god! <laughs> but I love that. It's it's just like everything else in this show. If there's an animal quality, the animal quality is present. Like when Pickles was in the tub and Diane was trying to get her to drink some water, and she's like holding the cup in front of her mouth and licking at it like a dog would and that's not weird that's how dogs drink you know and it's always but with the porcupine I mean it's a porcupine baby so of course she's always holding the baby with like I don't know oven mitts or something just to try and keep herself from getting hurt but that's it's not a weird thing it's a porcupine that's just what you do and yet it's is still a little bit weird in some ways because she Bojack is being needy as usual and calls her to come pick up Mr. Peanut Butter who's like crashed a rehab meeting and is being you know Mr. Peanut Butter about it And so she's like clinically exhausted at this point and she's had Todd take care of the baby and she runs in and she's trying to tell them what she needs, but she's just out of it. And they look at her arms and they're like, oh, wow, all those marks in your arms, are those from needles? And she said, yes, my baby's needles. So So of course they check her into rehab. But oh God, Todd, when he was running from place to place, they're still animating him where he runs with his arms behind him. And I don't know why that's so funny. It is the best every time I see it. It's just like a stick person running. It's just so. I love Todd. He's the greatest. Todd. 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 <laughs> oh man. Oh. Oh. Wait. Um. Have they had the episode? Oh shoot! I never want to give anything away. It's the episode with his boss, the, that, um, um, the the sex robot. Yes, where he finally hit the robot with the taser. Yeah, and and puts the robot out of its misery. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the robot, which, of course, he, like, programmed it because Todd is asexual, doesn't understand, you know, 
not doesn't understand sex, but doesn't feel that drive. He had actually made the robot for Emily because she really likes sex. And he was like, well, maybe we could be boyfriend and girlfriend. And I've made this robot for you. And it's just terrible. And all the voice things you hear are just like Todd's ideas of what is sexy because he doesn't really understand what's sexy. And so the robot a lot of times is like, I love when you call me father, you know, just weird, strange things. So then he actually hits the robot with the taser and destroys it. And you hear the robot go, I love you, father. And I was like, oh, Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't believe they did that. Every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, you guys. Oh, and they had set that up like episodes beforehand. And once again, in the world of BoJack Horseman, absolutely nobody thought this robot covered with penises and making sex talk in Todd's voice was at all weird. Nope, nope. And even not at all like sexual harassment up until there was a woman who was talking to him completely misinterpreting in the best way everything he said up until he said something like low on battery low battery yeah that's right and she's like are you saying i don't have the power to do this and then everybody just completely misinterprets every sentence out of his mouth in a completely different way you know and just that he's a horrible horrible person Not for the reasons why he's actually a horrible person, but it's okay, because he's horrible. (laughs) So funny. But yeah, I I just, (laughs) that scene under the tree. And then, because Todd's been an executive for the past few weeks, so as soon as he does that and he gets it over with, he's like, okay. And then he just pulls off his executive suit in like one motion, and he's got his regular clothes on underneath. And he's like, ah. He walks off into the sunset. Yes, exactly. Oh, man. Brilliant. That show. God. But I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week so make sure to check out pixeladygeek.com for all the book reviews the movie reviews the comic book reviews the fan art galleries we are going to be moving a lot of our older podcasts onto another site because we have so much file space on our site and it is way more than we need so all of our podcasts um movie issues comic issues binary system Spooky Z podcast, Lost in Sci-Fi, and Pixel Clicks podcast, you will be able to find all of them on the site, but the files themselves may be over on Anchor podcasting site, and it is the Pixelated Geek Classics channel, so (laughs) nothing's going away, just so that you know, but we just, we have over 950 episodes on the website at this point, and now it's a little much to have on a website. Do you have like a start date for the entire website? I'm kind of curious, because I only found out about it when you started podcasting, I think in 2012. Okay, so I've been doing a lot of cleanup because I did end up, another thing, I did have to get rid of a lot of old posts, but um, Andrew has the entire site on the old server, so nothing is ever completely lost. Mm -hmm. So I was like, good, that means I'm going to start deleting shit. Um, So there, I know in 2008, the site became VillainCast, which is the the name for a little while. Um, and it was kind of the same sort of thing, tech reviews, uh, I think maybe some TV reviews. And then after that, it became Pixelated Geek. But before it was VillainCast, there's a woman named Cinerina, C-I-N-E-R-I-N-A, I believe. And she did movie reviews. You can find her now on Medium, which is the blog site where you just like... Uh, we have a couple people we follow on Twitter who do Medium posts. It's just kind of long-form writing sometimes or just kind of abstract stuff. But she did, I believe she did movie reviews for, I don't know, years and years. And then she decided she didn't like doing it anymore. But there were over 1,300 posts just 1300. from her. 1,300? Oh, my I know. goodness. Yeah. Uh, some of them, the later ones were, I think she went to Comic-Con 2010. So we had a lot. But a lot of hers, she was 
kind of posting on the site the way you'd post on Twitter. It would be just like a comment or a paragraph, and that'd be a whole post. So it's not like not like 1,300 movie reviews, though she did have a lot of movie reviews. So I finally, those are off the site, but they are saved, so they will never be gone. Um, but I think she started that sometime probably the early 2000s. Wow. I, I was so. wondering if we ought to have some kind of anniversary uh, episode or big celebration for the website, but it really sounds like it's hard to pinpoint when the website started. Yeah, it's a little, yeah, it kind of went through a lot of incarnation. So easier to celebrate podcasts because we know when episode one happens. That's so right. There you go. That's Except for us because we have binary system one, but then we have the uh, actual welcome to Night Vale recaps one. So maybe not so easy. No, it's never easy. It's fine, but whatever. Anyway, all of that and more, pixeladygeek.com. We will put links to all of that up on the website. So next week we won't have a Night Vale episode, but we will... Uh, you'll be watching more BoJack Horseman, I'm sure. Yeah, and we watched another episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I understand Ooh, you did nice. too, so we will yes, need to I talk did. about that. Yes, we will, because it's been like, I don't know, what is it, three weeks now? <laughs> so, Something like the that. the final episode. I yeah. don't know why this is taking me so long. Stupid pandemic. That's, that's it. We just blame everything on the pandemic. That's right. That's fine. <laughs> that's good, yes. <laughs> anyway, one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to you all later. Tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale, number 187. 188. Oh, sorry. I just completely was reading the wrong page. i got to redo that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading from last week.